0: Welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. I'm Jasmine Haley, healthcare provider turned educator, entrepreneur, and startup strategist. Not too long ago, I was burnt out, overwhelmed, depressed, and full of fear from a toxic work environment. I created my business out of necessity to create a legacy I can be proud of today. It helps me transform the lives of women every single day to pursue their dreams and entrepreneurial goals. I created this podcast to share the empowering stories of entrepreneurial women, help you break through self-doubt to your greatness, and share business strategies to help you create a thriving and profitable business. If you are an emerging entrepreneur or business owner that wants to create the mindset needed to escape burnout, reclaim your personal power, and pursue your entrepreneurial dreams, this podcast is for you. Stay tuned and listen in. Hey, welcome to the Breakthrough to Excellence podcast. This is your host, Jasmine Haley, and this week's guest is Danika Royster. Now, Danica, she's a wealth consultant and junior partner at First Genesis of Virginia, LLC, an African-American family-owned financial planning firm in Norfolk, Virginia. She graduated from Old Dominion University in 2012 with a bachelor's degree in business management. She is well trained in financial services and is focused on building her practice using a holistic approach when assisting clients in pursuing their financial goals and objectives. She specifically focuses her practice on retirement planning, wealth accumulation, education funding for college, and asset protection. She is very excited to be partnering with her father, LPL financial planner Kenneth Royster, who has had 30 years of successful sales, in-depth experience, and training in financial services and insurance. Danica has a passion for enhancing financial literacy in the African-American community and hopes to continue to partner with various organizations to empower her generation in Hampton Roads and beyond. She is currently licensed in Virginia, North Carolina, Washington, D.C., Maryland, Florida, Philadelphia, and Texas. Welcome to the show, Danica. Thanks for having me, Jasmine. I am so thankful to have you. Listeners, listen, Danica came to my event. I hosted an event that was specifically for dentistry last year, and she shut it down. And one of the key things that I really appreciated about it was that she shared from the heart, one about herself personally, which is embodied in her holistic approach, but also She shared with us how to plan and how to deal with some of the challenges that we face as women. So I knew that I needed to have her on again on the show so that you can be blessed by her knowledge and her expertise. Well, thanks for having me.
1: And wow, such kind words. I could say the same thing about you, Jasmine. So I'm just blessed to know you. Yes.
0: (laughs) Me too, me too. I'm I'm very thankful that we had the opportunity to connect and thankful for, um, I'll give a shout out to Davida for connecting me to you. She's another mentor and wonderful person um, that I've met in the industry. I want you to share a little bit about your purpose and why you've chosen to service people who deal with challenges with finances and helping them get their financial literacy up and and Mm -hmm. getting them to a place where they're financially sound. I always ask entrepreneurs why they've started doing the work that they do. So, of course, I want to ask you that. Let us know that.
1: Okay, no problem.
0: So, fun fact, uh, when I was in college, I
1: actually did not start off majoring in finance. I was a marine biology major which comes as a shock to most people because they're like, they make the assumption that because I'm in this career, my dad made me do it, which is not the case at all. As I was finishing up my freshman year, I asked my professor like, so when do I get to like work with dolphins and stuff? Because these rocks and sediments and slugs, this is not the business. And he's like, (laughs) oh, you won't see a mammal or a large organism until you get your doctorate degree. And I was like, well, that's like a decade of school. And with um, being transparent, my ADD, I don't think I can be in school that long. So (laughs) I had to take some time and, you know, very mature 18-year-old and make a decision as it relates to, well, what's my plan B? And I've always loved people. I've always cared about people. I got a chance to sit back and really look into the work that my dad was doing and realize that, yes, it has a lot to do with numbers, but it has more to do with helping people. I started exploring that and noticed that in a lot of text, as well as research, the African-American minorities, women communities are underserved. And I was like, hey, I believe that I'm the woman for this job where I can go into these communities. I can go and be in a room with women where we know not only in my industry, but probably most industries they're overlooked, underserved, or there's no representation at all of us, and teach people about finances. But not even just from the literacy piece, but also the implementation. Because, you know, there's a lot of information out there, but most of the time, persons don't have someone to go to to help them implement it, as well as give them advice along the way. That's how I found myself in my career and It's been a great career so far. I started off in 2013 and it's been a great ride. I've developed some wonderful relationships and I've actually had a lot of success with people. And for me, that's where my joy comes from. It's not how much assets I have under management. It's the call of, I paid off my student loans, Danica, Or, hey, we're having a baby and we're financially prepared. Or, hey, I want to start putting money away for retirement, or I paid off a credit card, because for me, those are the small milestones that a lot of people don't think that they're able to accomplish. But most of the time, it's because they don't have someone to help them guide them along the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if just thinking about my life and growing up in a single family household, and, you know, my mother came from poverty, and we lived a lot better than what she lived in when she Mm -hmm. was in North Carolina. But there wasn't really any lessons for us. It was always a struggle. Like the mm. that's that's the narrative that was always that I always saw was struggle, 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 struggle. What it did was it kind of demonized money. Mm. Like it it made you fearful of that or fearful that it would never be in a place where it would it would come to me. Do you find that from people that you work with or just even business owners and entrepreneurs that many people struggle with that as well? Yes, I would say that that's the biggest obstacle is people's
1: relationship with money. Unfortunately, your story is not unique. I often meet with, you know, first generation entrepreneur, first generation college grad, first generation salaried worker and I ask them about what was their relationship with money growing up and the answer most of the time is we didn't have any. That's the relationship with money is we don't have any. My job is to coach those persons and develop a relationship with money that, you know, it's not this bad thing, or it's not something, well, it's something that you should also not be abusing. So giving them guidance as it relates to being a better financial steward. So that way, since you are now the new generation, you have the chance to reset the wheel for generations to come for your kids. And what you teach your kids, they'll teach their kids. So we can change the narrative for everyone. What I find is first, there has to be a willingness. Most people don't wake up and say, I desire to be poor or living below, you know, the income line or be on government services for the rest of my life. I'm not saying or saying anything against those people at all, but most people, that is not their dream. So once you already have put in your mind, I desire to be wealthy or financially well off or financially empowered. Now we have to get down to what does that mean to you? Everyone's story is different. It could be, hey, I don't want to ever have any debt, okay? It could be, I want to have X amount of dollars in the bank account. It could be, I'd like to be able to live the lifestyle and not worry about affordability. So getting down to what's important to you, what's your priorities, and now let's put a plan in action to get it executed.
0: Absolutely. Just like with entrepreneurship and you starting your own business, you can't do this alone, you can't do the journey alone, like mm. you just can't. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've tried to kind of like watch this thing and read this thing and try to figure it out, and it's just like, "Ugh, you know, at some point you give up, you don't feel motivated at all. You're just like, forget it, I'll never get it right fatigue, yes, fatigue,
1: yes, I was Just having a conversation last night, and this is related but not related about fatigue, overwhelming information. Too much access, whether it be Instagram Institute, Facebook University, YouTube University. Yes, we have all of these outlets for information, but it can become so overwhelming. And like you said, it's about having a team. Most business owners, you know, they'll have an accountant. They'll have a bookkeeper. They'll have sometimes even their staff. But... But the point I'm making is you have support, and it's important to know that you don't have to go this route alone. To be relevant, currently what's going on in this pandemic, a lot of business owners have been successful with the loan programs that have been um, rolled out by the government, PPP program and the EIDL program under the SBA. One of the things I was reading is there's also a large portion of people who are very upset because some people claim, I didn't know about this. No one told me I needed these things. There was no one here to help me. My books are not in order. Versus, and I'm not saying that all the responsibility falls on a business owner. However, your business is your responsibility. So just as you, you know, research, you know, products and services and Um, technology and things of that nature, you also need to invest in your own practice. So yes, that means maybe you cut your pay to pay a bookkeeper, cut your pay to have an accountant. During this pandemic, those persons have come in handy. For my personal business, we had to file for one of the loans. We were grateful and so thankful that we have a banking relationship with a banker. It's a local bank. So when all this rolled out, the first call we got was from that person and they stayed on us to make sure all our stuff would be in order so that when the first set of loans went out, our paperwork was there. My heart breaks for those whose house was not in order. So I think for some persons, this pandemic will serve its purpose in getting you prepared and letting you know, yes, you might've gotten your liability insurance You got this for your business. You got this for your online business. But you also need to be preparing for the what if things are not going to go the way I expect. Because no one saw this coming. Oh, no. No one. Not at all. No one. Not to say that anyone was also, you know, not in a position where they weren't harmed at all because every industry is being affected. But a lot more people are in a better position where they had cash reserves, AKA the rainy day fund. They had their books in order. So when loan opportunities came about, they could apply. They had stuff together for their staff so that way they could support them. They had a business continuation plan. And these are all things as entrepreneurs we're responsible for. I think often people hear entrepreneurship and they think about the glamour. I work for myself. I make my own hours. I do this. I do that. I'm living my purpose. No nine to five. I'm my own boss. Okay. That's great. <laughs> now, what are all the responsibilities within being your own boss? Yes. And most people are not talking about that. And the people who are talking about it, most people aren't listening because it's not glamorous. It's not fun. It's not quotable for my Instagram and my Facebook page. Yep. No one wants to talk about the blood, sweat, and tears, how, Hey, I'm at the office for hours and hours. Maybe I'm having to make sacrifices with my family time because I have work obligations. Girl. Yes. Cause I don't have a coworker where I can say, Hey girl, can you cover my shift or Hey, I'm going to use my vacation days or my PTO and go do this. And it's, Unfortunate, but it's a reality, and I just want a more of a real talk to happen, and that's why I'm on your podcast <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> about entrepreneurship and the effects that it doesn't only just have on you financially, um, emotionally, mentally, and even in your relationships.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I feel like we need a holistic approach. Mm -hmm. Okay. When even looking at only your business. I mean, that's why like entrepreneurship, I honestly feel is not for everybody. It's not for everybody. Some people need to do some deep work within themselves and figure out what their strengths are and find a place to be employed. Because (laughs) entrepreneurship is a lot like and one of the biggest mistakes I made my first year or two of having a business was not having somebody keep the books for me. Mm. It was a hot, mess disastrous
1: it was horrible come come, I, a- come april you're like huh right
0: what? i got i was like I have to pay you what oh my gosh it was like um well i'll use this free tool and then mm-hmm. i'll pay a monthly fee and we already know what that free tool is because everybody's using it. Mm-hmm. And I'll just keep track of all my stuff. Well, no, I couldn't handle the marketing. I couldn't handle emails that have to go out, which is a part of marketing. I couldn't handle me speaking. I couldn't handle my content development and handle my books. Like, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Right. Someone said profit and loss. I was like, what the heck is that? Like, right. I have no idea. And so that was one of the biggest investments That I made probably like year two, Mm -hmm. like near year two, that I would say was one of the best things. So I feel that if you are serious about having a successful business, you need to listen to these words that Danica is saying to you, (laughs) but also you've got to get a handle on the admin side that we tend to ignore. Right. Sometimes there's persons, so I'll take
1: my own business. For example, my sister is my marketing director. She majored in marketing in college Family business. Hey, we'll hire you. She did have to interview first, which was kind of funny. <laughs> you know, me and my dad interviewed like one other person. <laughs>
0: yeah, we got to well, make it legal. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love <laughs> so, that. I love that. <laughs> so she does
1: my marketing, which includes my LinkedIn posts, my Facebook posts, my um, monthly and weekly newsletters that go out. Any events, everything circulates through her. So all I have to do is let's run down what we're going to talk about. I show up and I talk. She gathers everything and it's boom, boom, boom. Now, when I first started, I was doing everything. But now I find by having her, I'm able to focus to the business. I'm able to focus to prospecting, to serving clients, to being on Jasmine's podcast, those things. We also have an office manager, and she keeps everything together as it relates to, we need new printers, we need more paper, we need this, we need that, scheduling, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's just been helpful. And we're all a team because the end goal for everyone is for us to win. So when I'm doing well, when Ken's doing well, everyone's doing well. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that a lot of people have to look into and see. hey, I know what I'm good at. I know what my strengths are. Whatever I'm not good at, I should hire out. I am not a mechanic. Anytime a light comes on in my car, I'm like, whoop, time to go to service place and go look at it or call my dad first. <laughs> <laughs> but everything else I hire to because there's someone else who specializes in that. That's what they do. I always joke with people who are, because there are some persons out there who are self-proclaimed it yourselfers or finance. And then there's some people who say, look, I work a nine to five. Or, you know, long hours. The last thing I want to do is go from doing my job, come home and try to do yours. Yes. I'd rather work with you and you be a part of my team of trusted advisors. And that's the end of it versus, oh, gosh, I got to go home. It's time for me to pick my benefits again. What do I got to do this year? Okay. Like when this pandemic happened, I was on someone's frontline calls. Danica, what's going on with my 401k? What's going on with my TSP? What's happening? But you know what? I was happy to be of service. People trust me. In times of crisis, they know I can reach Danica and she's going to talk to me about what's going on. She's not going to be hiding behind a bush, like avoiding my calls. She's here because she's on my team. I trust her. She's going to give me guidance versus me trying to go home and read the New York Times, Bloomberg, try to interpret. Uh, the press briefing of the day from the White House, (laughs) all of these things. It's like, no, I hired you to do that. So you can just give me your cliff notes when we get on the phone. I have a client, she joked with me months because I created this really nice packet for her for basically outlining her benefits and all these things she needed to do to supplement. She said, Oh, this is so cute. I ain't going to read it, but we going to talk about it. You just talk me through everything that you prepared." And she's like, I'm going to put it in this nice little folder on this nice little shelf. <laughs> and She's like, I ain't hire you for me to read it. I hired you for you to tell me.
0: <laughs> but I appreciate one of the things, the key things that I often talk about like with building community is you've got to build trust mm. and And that's the only way, like, I feel like when I listen to you talk about the work that you've done, the years your father has been in business and the amount of people that you both have helped, a lot of it has to do with that relationship building that you've, that you've, you know, have worked really hard to maintain Mm -hmm. over the years.
1: I think for me, because trust, you know, it's an easy word to say, right? Mm -hmm. But it's something hard. It's difficult to earn. You know, one thing I have to I recognize and I just put everything out there on the table all the time is I recognize talking about money puts people in a very vulnerable place. When I'm even sitting down with spouses, sometimes it can get, you know, uncomfortable in the room, even if it's something as small as, okay, how much do you all spend a month on shopping? Husband would be like, man, one hundred dollars a month. The wife's like, oh, You know, (laughs) sometimes I go to Target. (laughs) How many times do you go to Target? Every day. (laughs) You know, know? (laughs) People are very vulnerable. And that's something that I understand. So one of the things I always make sure I'm doing is being very transparent. I wasn't always financially savvy. Had my father not been my father and been in the career he was in, I would have probably made some of the same financial mistakes a lot of people made. I made some financial mistakes. So I never try to come off like, oh, I'm perfect business owner. I'm in finance. I got it all together. Look, I'm over here correcting a mistake I made in college, still, and it cost me. But guess what? I recognize it once I got my stuff together and realized this is something I need to correct. And I think for a lot of people, if they just you know take off the mask of thinking that they always got to be perfect and everything has to be in order and this and that, you'll find yourself in a position where there's more people who you have more in common with, who are also in a position where they want to help you share what they learn, or even create some type of bond where you're not alone and you know, you can do this together. And it's a lot of that stress will just go away. There's nothing like community. You know, as soon as I find out somebody, for example, loves Beyonce, you're automatically like my brother or sister. (laughs) Because we stand for the same thing. And it's just like, okay, I know I can comfort (laughs) you about, you know, what's going on. It's the same thing, but let's talk about finances. Get rid of the taboo. Your friends are your friends for a reason. If you have good girlfriends and you all can talk about everything else, you can say, hey, girl, you know, I got this card. I'm trying to pay it off. I need you to hold me accountable. So when you see that I'm slipping, just be like, hey, Jazz, remember we got that goal you were talking about? So let's have brunch at your house. (laughs) Mm-hmm. and let's not go out. <laughs> right, exactly. And I think that that's that's important and I think a lot of people would find that you have community. None of your friends, none of your family want to see you um, you know, financially destitute. Everyone wants to see you do well and you have to believe
0: that you are worthy of having that as well. Yeah, absolutely. So just thinking about a person just starting their business what would you recommend that they look at first? Okay, so they've learned the foundational principles through My Business Network, right? They learn Mm -hmm. about customer avatar branding and all that stuff like that. Now they're bringing in a little bit of revenue. Mm -hmm. What do you think most entrepreneurs should be considering at the beginning stages?
1: I think at the beginning stages, um, one of the first things is like, okay, I have a business plan is the thing that I touched on is the financial side of it, obviously. Looking at what are the things that are going to be expenses to me in my business that might come off as expenses, but they are also investments. Making the decision, for example, am I going to be a brick and mortar traditional type of business or I'm going to be 100% online? Making sure that everything you have together is legal. Getting all the terms and agreements together. Working with an attorney so you don't find yourself in a position where someone say, I'm going to sue you for this or whatever. And you're like, oh, can you do that? Yeah, they can, because you didn't put that in your stuff. Hiring out as well as assessing what type of business you want to run. And I say that because I meet a lot of people who ride the fence on being full time entrepreneur. And this is my hobby and my side hustle. And for me, I feel like that's where a lot of people have a lot of conflict. And there's nothing wrong with either or. But I think it's a lot of times, a lot of people who want to be like, oh, this is going to be a side hustle business. They're still not putting in the effort and the work that's required. That means like, okay, customer service, your interface, interaction, getting orders out. You're still on the clock. Regardless of you say, hey, from nine to five, I do this. And then after work, I do this. So, also maintaining um, your credibility is important and building a rapport. For persons who are saying, I eventually want to leave my nine to five and transition into full time entrepreneurship, doing your research, getting a mentor is very important. I don't care which side of the fence you're on, guidance and a good mentor doesn't necessarily even need to be someone who's in your field. If you can find someone in your field, great. But if you can get someone, who has had a long horizon of being in business and can tell you about the shortfalls, the shoulda, woulda, coulda moments? That's really great. And also someone to be a thought partner. And I always call it a goal friend. I think those are things that always you need to consider when you're starting. Because I think people, sometimes they just hit the ground running and they don't consider any of the ifs. They're just so focused. On the end of the line, the finish line, the profits, et cetera, et cetera. And not to say that, hey, if you don't think about these things, you're not gonna be successful. But why put yourself in a position where you have to meet challenges and you were never equipped versus going ahead and saying, hey, I've done my research, got a mentor. I've lined up everything. I got my books in order. I have steps to get to where I want to be to be successful. So that's some of, my, that's some of the things that I think that people should consider as they're getting into entrepreneurship as well. Every business has its own playbook as it relates to building clientele, marketing, your Project 100, who are people you're going to reach out to. And all those things are critical and important as well. But you need to be prepared once you get into the market because it's not going to be like, facebook market i'm here instagram i'm here i got my own website i'm here how are people gonna even know about you exactly you know what's your elevator pitch if you go to a a networking event and someone's just like oh so what do you do is it twiddle my thumbs and um um i don't you know i kind of do this thing or is it hey you know what i make people rich huh (laughs) that 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 used to be something i used to say (laughs) (laughs) I actually got that from my dad, so (laughs) credit that to him. And I got it from him because when people used to ask me what my dad did for a living, because I didn't know what a financial advisor was when I was six, right? He said, just tell people I make people rich. (laughs) But it stuck with me because it's not one of those, oh, okay, and walk away type statements. It's something that makes people stick and stack. They want to know more. Now I'm curious. Number one, you're cocky. Number two, you're confident in like this ability to make people rich. What is this all about? You know, for disclosure purposes, that's not First Genesis of Virginia. We're not saying that we make people <laughs> rich. <laughs> but it's something that makes people stick. So knowing like what's your elevator pitch, putting yourself in a position to when someone approaches you, because you never know who you're going to meet. It yes. could be an investor. It could be some Body who just happens to really already be rich and they're like, Hey, I'm looking to invest in some startups or I'm passionate about women owned businesses. And I, you know, want to help them with startup money and be a silent partner. So it's always great to have that stuff together and bounce yeah. all ideas off of people and, you know, get their interpretation. If I came to you and I said this, what would you think? Oh, that sounds great. Or you could tweak it a little bit and it'd be fine. Yeah, <laughs> so I think that I think all of those things are important. So there's no one answer for this is what you have to do. To right, start off. right, It's a list, but working your way through it and it might sound tedious, it might sound timely, but, you know, it's your it's your business, it's your baby. So if you're going to invest time into anything, let it be yourself. Yeah, you invest time into that nine to five that you might not be passionate about that you're looking to leave. Why don't you put that same energy into something you actually are passionate about and you care about?
0: Yep, absolutely. So I'm gonna sw- that was such a phenomenal answer to my question. So I'm gonna have to switch my last question up for you a little bit. Okay. So I want to know from you, Danica, what is that one word that kind of stands out that has led to the success that you've seen in the business that you have with your with your dad with First Genesis? What's helped you all be successful? That one word. Relationships. Mm-hmm. Relationships. I
1: attribute all of my success to the relationships that I have built. I could not do this on my own. I don't care how many licenses I have, how many books I've read, how many conferences I've attended. If I gain all this knowledge and I have no one to share it with, no one to advocate for me, no one to refer me, My business doesn't exist. And relationships have been what has propelled me in my career. You listed all these states that I'm doing business in. And most people listening are like, you're in Virginia. How in the world did you end up in Pennsylvania? Relationships. Doing right by people. Not being in everything for the money. Doing good work. Having a heart for others. Being compassionate extending grace, being transparent, being vulnerable, all of these are the fundamental pieces of a relationship. And my father taught me years ago when I first started this business, he was just like, this is a business where you get to chase your passion and live in your purpose through people. And that stuck with me for years. And it wasn't until like I had my first appointment and was with a friend of mine from high school. She was my first client. And from her opportunities and other relationships came across because she spoke so highly of me about the fact that, number one, Danica didn't try to sell me. And she sat down with me and my husband and she listened to us. And she's not just our financial advisor. She's been a friend to us. And for me, you know, I can't put a price tag on those types of things. So relationships, my, I have this mantra of, I support those who support me. And that's not even just, you know, from the standard of, oh, you support my business and everything. No, there's been some persons who they've called me or, you know, might even send me like a edible arrangement just to say, thank you. I get nice little cards all the time to say, thank you, because I was right out of college. I was broke as a joke. And you probably <laughs> had more. You probably could find millionaires to talk to. I had nothing but debt. But you took your time because you saw potential in me. And I appreciate that. And to me, those are, those are the type of things, the letters, the cards, the texts that just light up my day. And when you make an impact on someone's life like that, you know those, are, those impacts are forever lasting, but also priceless. So I would have to say relationships. And as a, any business owners listening, anyone who is interested in getting into entrepreneurship, I think that that should be one of the, the words that are on the top of your list too. No one wants to be seen as just a number. Most persons do not like transactional relationships where it's like, okay, I gave you something, you give me something, goodbye. You'll find yourself always having returning customers or returning clients When you treat people the way you would want to be treated, when you get to know people, when you're not just so quick to move through, but you take the time to talk because people are going to remember, oh, yeah, I asked this person about this product and, you know, she walked me through everything and then she followed up with me. In this age of technology where everything is so easily accessible and transactional, customer service and relationships are dwindling away. That's true. Unless you want to click on the contact us or can I help you button, you know, there's not most people there. It's like, hey, did you like this? Is there anything I can do for you? How about even just say, hello, how are you today? Before I jump into what can, what, what, what can I help you with? And you'll find that when you're personable, people will stay and people will, rel- will remember those relationships and they'll remember that interaction. And they'll speak highly of you. Because the first thing I say whenever I'm recommending someone to someone else, I'll say great customer service and personable. And most of the time people say, that's all I needed to hear. And they'll keep coming back and they'll always tell others about you. Because the last thing you want to hear is, oh, her product was great. But, man, she is so short and mean.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) It's so true. It's true. It is so true. Mm, I love that. I love that you share that. All right, tell the listeners. And this is why I adore, this is why I adore you.
1: <laughs> I adore you too. But I, I mean, this is I, I have to let me give you some flowers real quick before I roll into my piece. Jasmine, when I met you, it was so funny, you know, eating our chicken salad, sandwiches, and french fries. <laughs> I felt like I had known you for years. But one of the things, you know, you take time to listen to people and to talk to them and assess and check in. And that's something that is so valuable. I always told you that, you know, you're gold to me. If you, if Jasmine calls me for something, I'm, I'm doing it because she's been so sweet. You were, you know, over accommodating, which means I can't wait to come down to North Carolina and do this in person. <laughs> but you're one of the best people out here. And the fact that you're so passion driven about elevating women and empowering them and also creating a platform for access that speaks volumes to your character.
0: Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> like, oh, I didn't expect the compliments. <laughs> no, I'm normally the one that's giving them. Um, but I appreciate that. I do. I really do. And I think, like, this conversation has been really, really awesome. Um, you know, a lot of times when people feel, when they hear and see that the guest is going to be a financial person, they think they're going to be sold mm. something, you know, right. and, I really think that, you know, this conversation helped them to appreciate there's so much more to to that. Yeah. There's so much more. And then, of course, if they want to hear more strategies and tips, they know where to find you, yes. right, yes. to get to go deep. And I need to call you because I said <laughs> I was going to do that in October of last year. And my husband's been dragging his feet, you know, because it is a really it's a vulnerable place to be in to mm. actually talk to somebody yes. and actually talk about. The good, the bad and the ugly of your financial journey.
1: But that's the first step, you know? Don't mm-hmm. sweep it under the rug because eventually it's gonna be it was October and then it was five years and then it was ten years and now it's like, All right, I wanna <laughs> retire next year. Let's call Danica. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just all right, Danica, I heard you're
0: good. Work a miracle, girl. <laughs> work that way (laughs) right exactly exactly it's already been six months I'm like come on so I will definitely be mentioning to my husband again like we need to call Danica. I told you we Mm -hmm. need to you know we definitely have some goals that we want to reach and I know that having a strategic mind Mm -hmm. and your expertise will help us you know reach there I'm here when you need me girl (laughs) but um you wanted me
1: to give your listeners my Contact information? Yes. Share with them how they can reach you. Okay. So I mentioned some social media plugs. So you can find me, or I should say my business, is First Genesis of Virginia on Facebook. Uh, if you'd like to visit my website, it's www.firstgenesisva.com. And I'm also available by email at Danica, D-A-N-I-C-A dot Royster. R-O-Y-S-T-E-R at LPL.com. So I'm always posting weekly financial tips and information every week on my Facebook page. Um, So please check into that, like the page, and you'll find some really good content there. And, you know, I'm easy to talk to. I have no place to go. I'm here. (laughs) So shoot me an email. (laughs) Slide in my DMs.
0: (laughs) Yes, yes, absolutely. And listeners, um, all of the contact information, all of the links will be in our show notes. So if you need to find the exact link that's very easy for you to just press, it'll be in the show notes. So thank you so much, Nika. I really appreciate your time and for being on the show. Thank you, Jasmine, for having me. And
1: I'm looking forward
0: to doing this again with you. Yes, absolutely. Thanks for tuning in to the show. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on jasminehaley.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend or leave us a review. I'll see you next time.